Good morning and welcome to the Sahaja Yoga Meditation Program. I'm Greta and I want to welcome our Sanjay who's operating the panel for us this morning under the guidance of course of the experts Lawrence and Michael. <laughs> welcome Sanjay. Um, so today's program is on the uh, Mahalakshmi Principle. Mahalakshmi Principle is one of the trinity of powers that uh, governs our personality. It has to do with our nadis, our gunas. These are the uh, vertical um, uh, energy channels that, uh, that form the fabric or the pattern of our subtle system. On the left hand side is the Mahakali uh, principle. On the right hand side is the Mahasaraswati principle. And they correspond to our uh, sympathetic nervous system. And in the center is the Mahalakshmi principle, which corresponds to our central nervous system. Evolution uh, takes place in an atmosphere of balance. And this Mahalakshmi principle is to do with the evolutionary process, our evolutionary process. She is the point of balance within. She is the stabilizing force that works to keep us on the straight and narrow of being in the center. The Mahalakshmi power resides in the Sushumna Nadi, which is the subtle energy center uh, that runs within the spinal column. It is within the Sushumna that the Sri Kundalini rises as well. The Sri Kundalini is an energy, a residual energy of the Divine Mother residing in our sacrum bone. Every human being has this because we all have a sacrum bone, so we all have a Kundalini. It is uh, when the Divine created the human being, uh, they did not leave anything undone. And in the same way, Shimadaji Nirmala Devi, when she founded Sahaja Yoga, she also has left nothing un undone in setting up Sahaja Yoga for our benefit. Uh, it's a very complicated and subtle knowledge that she has brought uh, into the modern world for us by making it very, very simple. She's explaining explained it in such a way that she's able to cut through the maze of our minds to get to our hearts. Uh, these three channels, the Ida, Pingala, and Sushumna Nadis, governed by Mahakali, Mahasaraswati, and Mahalakshmi, form the vertical axis, while the seven chakras within us form the horizontal axis. And where they intersect, they are major and minor energy centers, that the sum total of which is our personality. Okay, the state of our chakras and our Nadis uh, determine what shape we're in the kinds of dislikes and likes that we have and the types of decisions that we end up making. Now the purer, the clearer the chakras and nadis, the better our health and also the better the choices we make in life. The Maha, this Mahalakshmi uh, power is worshipped during the period of Diwali which is now and it symbolizes the festival of lights where good prevails over evil, light dispersing the darkness. Historically, it is connected to incarnations defeating very evil empires that date back as far as 10,000 years. To be human is to make choices as to whether we side with good or evil. It is about dharma or adharma. It is about evolutionary power or the devolutionary power. And poised between these two forces on our sushumna, within our sushumna nadi, is the Mahalakshmi power. And she creates that path, and she is the one who takes us to heaven, if we so choose to do so. 
10,000 years ago, the Mahalakshmi power f uh, incarnated. The first incarnation of this power was as Sri Sita. And then uh, it incarnated as Sri Rukmini, the Lady Fatima, and Mother Mary. And today this power is working out uh, through Sahaja Yoga, within Sahaja Yoga, as the enlightened Sushumna Nadi. This Sushumna Nadi is very important for the process of our self-realization. It is uh, within the spinal column, and uh, and the Kundalini rises within the innermost energy center, uh, energy field. So there are many, there are four energy fields within the spinal column, and then within that rises our Sri Kundalini. And Sahaja Yoga is built upon the awakening of the Sri Kundalini energy. Then when she rises, she threads all our chakras together, she nourishes them, she threads our channels, these uh, left, right and center channels together, and then she finally pierces through at the fontanelle, giving us our yoga. And that's what uh, yoga means, that the human being becomes connected to the all-pervading power of God's love, which is uh, present all the time, but we're just uh, not capable of being aware of it because we don't have the mechanism awake. And Sahaja Yoga is about awakening this mechanism within us. We're just going to take uh, go to a piece of music now and then we're going to go into a guided meditation section. So we're now going to go to a guided meditation that facilitates the awakening of our Sri Kundalini. Uh, she's our divine assistance. Uh, I'm going to be asking you to place your right hand on various parts of your body on the left hand side to nourish different uh, energy centers, different chakras. So I want you to um, remove your shoes, uh, remove your glasses if you're wearing any, uh, loosen any tight clothing and find a place to sit comfortably and be comfortable. And when you've done all that, close your eyes, place your left hand on your lap, palm facing upwards. And then place your right hand on your heart. This will be the first center that we nourish. Then we're going to move downwards uh, on the left hand side to the rib cage, then to the groin where the leg comes in to meet the torso on the left hand side. Then you're going to come back up to the uh, rib cage. There's a chakra uh, just below the rib cage, just underneath. 
then back up to the heart, then where your neck and shoulder meet, then across your forehead, to the back of your head, and then to the top of your head. There are all these chakras within the body. We'll start the guided meditation. Uh, we'll start the guided meditation by you placing your hand on your heart. At the heart, we have to address our Kundalini by asking her a question. We have to say, Mother, we have to ask her, Mother, am I the spirit? The aim of Sahaja Yoga is that we become the spirit. The Kundalini will, will facilitate this happening. So the first question we ask her is, Mother, am I the spirit at the heart? Take your hand down to your rib cage, just tuck it in, tuck it under the ribs a little bit. And here we ask our Kundalini, Mother, am I my own teacher? Move your hand down to where your leg comes in to meet the torso on the left hand side at this chakra. We we ask we ask a kundalini for the pure knowledge. So we say, Mother, am I the pure knowledge? And Mother, please give me the pure knowledge. Bring your hand back up to where, uh, to the rib cage, and here we say, "Mother, I am my own teacher." Come back up to your heart. Here we affirm, Mother, I am the Spirit. Mother, I am the Spirit. We can reaffirm, Mother, I am the pure knowledge. Mother, I am my own teacher. Mother, I am the Spirit.
Now, please bring your hand up to where your neck and shoulder meet. If we are the spirit, if we are our own master, if we are armed with the pure divine knowledge, we don't need to indulge in guilt, in the emotion of guilt. We should solve our problems, we should find the solutions. So at this chakra, we have to say, Mother, I'm not guilty. Because guilt blocks this chakra, and then it affects our entire subtle system. Because it affects the five elements that we are made of. So please say, Mother, I'm not guilty. Say it from the heart. Mother, I'm not guilty. It is very important to not feel guilty. Our health depends upon the balance of the five elements within. So we have to remove the obstacles that prevents them from being balanced. So please say, Mother, I'm not guilty. Now please move your hand up to your forehead and just put some pressure on the forehead. And here we have another indulgence, and that is believing that we can't forgive. We can, because the, the, this energy center that sits in the forehead only releases and opens if we forgive. So here we say, Mother, I forgive everyone, including myself. Mother, I forgive everyone, and that should include ourselves. So say it with heart. We shouldn't indulge into guilt or anger. We can forgive everyone. They are always solutions. Mother, I forgive everyone. back of your head and just let your head tilt back into your hand so that now your face is uh, tilted towards the ceiling and here we have to ask our mother Kundalini for forgiveness because we've made mistakes along the way by indulging into a dharma which is anti-evolutionary so here we say mother please forgive me for any mistakes I may have made against you knowingly or unknowingly. Evolve further. We have to go 
from our human awareness to our spiritual awareness. And we need our Kundalini and we need the Mahalakshmi principle to be functioning properly within us. So please ask forgiveness from our Kundalini for having any, made any mistakes against her, knowingly or unknowingly. Now place your hand onto the fontanelle, which is uh, at the top of your head, the crown of your head. It is the soft bone when, when we are born. At the time of our birth, we have this bone that's open. That's our fontanelle. To reach our, our goal as human beings, to realize our design, is to become self-realized, is to become connected with the all-pervading power of God's love, to, to receive our yoga. So at this point, we have to ask for our yoga. So please move your hand uh, in a clockwise direction, massaging your head, and every time you rotate it, please say to your Kundalini, Mother, please give me my self-realization. Mother, please give me my self-realization. Kundalini rises into it. She nourishes all the nerves within the brain and then she slowly, slowly enlightens all these nerves and within them are, is embodied all the knowledge and within our chakras and these nadis are also all the knowledge so they say, if you want to know anything, it is within. All the knowledge is within. And that's what it means. That all the knowledge is locked within our chakras and nadis. So mother, please give me my self-realization. Mother, please give me my self-realization. Now please take your hand back and place it on your lap. And just sit in meditation. 
to stay in meditation now while we go to the next section of our program of the Sahaja Yoga meditation radio program. We're going to go to um, some excerpts of talks by Sri Mataji on this power of uh, Sri Mahalakshmi. So now here we go to the first section of the talk. Today I was thinking that uh, we do the puja to Mahalakshmi. It would be better so that we'll understand what is Vishwanirmala Dharma is. As you know, the Mahalakshmi principle lies within all of you in the center. And once you are fed up with the falsehood and also with the hypocrisy of people, you start seeking the truth within. That's how a new category of people are born who are called as seekers, sadhakas. They are very different from others. They don't care for any material gain or any power, position. They want to seek the truth. And this category is the one you are. And that's why you have come to Sahaja Yoga. This comes from your past lives also. For many people I think it's their past life which has brought the seeking in them. Also the affluence through which you have gone, you got fed up with it and you are seeking the truth. Also there are people like in India where the tradition is to seek the truth from very childhood. You are told that money is not everything, power is not everything, it's all falsehood. You must seek the truth. So you are ingrained with it. These are called as good conditioning, susamskara. Now, if it is the just a fashion sort of a thing, that you get into fashion, that let us seek the truth, because everybody is talking about truth, let us have this uh, as a fashion, because everybody is doing it. Then it can be very dangerous. Such people get lost. I've seen people who were drug addicts who came to us first in England. And I was surprised that they were really seekers and they were not taking drugs because of fashion. They were just taking it because they thought by taking drugs they will get into their, their Mahalakshmi principle. Very intelligent, educated, very smart, I should say, people became hippies and they started taking drugs. I discovered that their seeking was only that they should find the truth, but they had no idea as to what is the truth is. 
So this Mahalakshmi principle was born within them, sort of started manifesting that beyond all this there must be something. This category of people are everywhere in the world. Especially I was surprised in Russia where there is no talk of God, there is no talk of religion. They are even better than Indians in understanding such So the conditionings of every country has also hampered the progress of Sahaja Yoga within you and outside. So now, first of all, to understand Mahalakshmi principle, we must know that we have two other channels into which we can jump. One is the left, another is the right. And it depends on what sort of a background you had in this life. Because of your background in last life, you have come to the right path. But last life, this life, the surroundings, the country in which you are born, your friends, parents, the society in which you lived has dominated <coughs> you in so many ways that the Mahalakshmi principle doesn't express itself in that full power. We should really suck in everything else and put you onto the throne of a surgery. So you find people, yesterday there were so many people, for example, very nice people, they were all seekers of many lives who came there. But we do not know how many will come to Sahaja Yoga and how many will settle down in Sahaja Yoga. How many will achieve doubtless awareness? Again, the same problem that they start getting into the habits formed by the left side or into the ego formed by the right side. Now, for a Sahaja Yogi to keep his Mahalakshmi principle all right, has to always introspect not to look at others, but to introspect. What am I doing? Am I in the left side or on the right side? Which side am I? What side I am following? Am I in the center? Now, how will you judge? The best is to feel your vibrations. Feel your vibrations. But sometimes you go so far to the left or to the right that you just do not feel vibrations, your Mahalakshmi principle is not working. Then you go on. It's like a complete uh, derailment, I should say, a kind of a slope on which you just go on falling onto that. So all these conditionings we should watch out in ourselves and in others, how we have got these problems that we slip out from
from the Central Park. Imagine a train is going on a proper railway track and suddenly it starts moving this way or that way. So where will it end up? Into destruction. But you have a way of arranging that this derailment can be brought back to the middle path. So in a very detached way, if you look at yourself like a witness and see for yourself, not about others. Even when I give lectures, people start saying, oh, mother is saying about somebody else. No, I am saying about you, yourself. So you watch out that are you in the center or are you going to the left or to the right? First of all, those who are in the center should not have any physical problems, should be able to completely cure themselves. If not others, they should be able to cure themselves. Secondly, a person who is in the center is a very peaceful person. He is never angry. He might put up a show that you are angry, but he doesn't get involved into anger or any emotions whatsoever. He just watches and he can act. He can act uh, to be in that feeling of temper, also lust, greed, anything, but just to act because sometimes this acting is needed so he can use it. But you should be sure, first of all, that you are completely detached. So first of all, before acting, you must become a master of acting. And for that, you have to become yourself. If you become yourself, then you are a master and you can see where are you going. Now, the difference between a Sajogi and a Sajogi who is like this, as you say, is this, that he is capable of going to the left or to the right. They are not solidly surgeons. And they go on like this and there is no progress. Imagine any aeroplane which is wobbling like that will be on the ground only, nobody will be able to put it up. In the air, because God knows what when will it fall down. So for any machinery, we have to fix it up properly first before we start working it out. So to fix up our Mahalakshmi principle, you have to see that your physical being is all right, is normal, no problem. I am not mean, meaning uh, the modern ways of looking at health, but that you should feel healthy and happy. You should feel that there is no problem with your physical being. But if you are a complaining type, I am here painting, I am painting there, then there is something wrong with you. This is the first criteria that you are in the center. Then your attention should be more towards nature, how the nature is, how it is blossoming, how it is working out, it should be towards the sky, stars and things, just to enjoy all the creation that is around, just to enjoy it. That's an enjoyment uh, which is really so surprisingly deep when you see something beautiful 
uh, scene or something, you go to a very beautiful place, then a kind of a joy that pours in you from your sastrara, that also you must experience. Also you must experience your thoughtless awareness. That is, when you look at something beautiful, you should suddenly become thoughtless. Just start seeing it, the whole joy will start pouring on you. So this, another point of a Sahaja is, whatever I say, they don't have to interpret, they know it, exactly what I say. If they start interpreting, then there's something wrong with them. Their brains are not all right, they are not normal. You cannot interpret Me. Whatever I say, I say in a very simple English language. I do not use Shakespearean language or something like that. I modulated My standard of English up to the normal common people's language. And if you start interpreting it, that means something definitely very, very wrong with you. There's nothing to interpret. I'm saying straightforward thing which need not be interpreted. This is a very important thing. But many Sahajogis who are half-baked, I should say, start interpreting me because they think the brains of that caliber that you can interpret. There are no interpretations. Whatever I have said, I have said it, and there is no need to interpret. This is one of the signs that you are not in the center. Either you have been possessed or you have become egoistical. So one, to keep yourself in the center, to be solidly surgical. First of all, there should be no interpretations of what I say. If you think that I am meaning something else, you can write to Me. But don't interpret and start a big organization against Sahaja Yoga. This is the greatest mistake that people do. I have told many people that you should not give lectures about Sahaja Yoga, because once they start giving lectures, also sometimes they get into derailment. Either they get egoistical or they say things as they say, out of their hats, which I have never said, which are not to be said. So unless and until you are a solid Sahaja Yogi, 
I think you should not talk about Sahaja Yoga, best is to give realization. Though you are half-baked, you can give realization, that's one point for sure. And those who will get will remain Sahaja Yogis. I have seen people who have given realization to others are gone cases, while those whom they have given are perfect. Now, when somebody gives you the realization, he is not your guru by any chance. He is not your guru and have no sort of a awe or an obligation towards that person who has given you realization. If you do that way, then the ego of that man won't go up. And you will have conditioning. You will always stand by that person, though he has done wrong, though he is absolutely not Sajogi, you will stand by that person with him, you also move to the direction in which he has moved. So in Mahalakshmi principle, one has to be careful absolutely to see where are we going. Now the group system starts also with the same. There's a big fraternity of bhuts, I must tell you. If you go to the left, all the leftists will join you. If you go to the right, all the rightists will join you. Then they'll fight among themselves and get out of it. Now for Sajogis, who believe in fighting back, in grouping back, they should know they have derailed. Maybe they were very intelligent, they thought they could do that, maybe, but none intelligence, none of them are above the divine intelligence. But when you start moving out of Mahalakshmi thing, you become like a common person, even worse than a common person, I would say. So then you are grabbed by the negative forces which are around us. Just like all others are grabbed, you are also grabbed. There are conditionings which also we should see do we have. Uh, say, a Western person must see Western conditionings very clearly. What are these conditionings? Because we are seekers of truth. We do not belong to any country, we belong to the universe, Vishwa Nirmaladhar. We do not belong to Australia, we do not belong to Brisbane. You see, the, this belonging becomes so small and so mean that ultimately it will become we belong to this street and then we belong to this room and we belong to this bathroom. Start going down, down, down so much. While it is Vishwa Nirmaladharma, means it is a universal religion. We belong to the universe. We are part and parcel of the universe, not only belonging to one place or one location. We cannot. Now we have gone into eternal life, we have gone to something that is unlimited, so we belong to this universe. Once you realize that you belong to this universe, you should also know what conditionings are still sticking on to us from this country, from this culture, from this uh, place, from this household, from this family. Like a little lotus that comes out of the mud, slowly, slowly it throws away all the mud that is sticking onto it. Ultimately it comes out the very clean flower. From the mud it gets to the water, cleanses itself and comes out as a beautiful flower, absolutely fragrant. And then 
it spreads its fragrance all round so that that mud also get fragrance that's your job that's what you have to be because you are not seeker of truth for yourself but for the whole world because you belong to vishwa nirmala dharma this mahalakshmi principle is not for you alone but it is for the whole world and you have to give it to the whole world so now we are here forming a new kind of a race a new kind of a society which is enlightened which is uh, standing on the truth and love of course it, you must understand that there should be compassion one thing you have to do is to desire you have to desire that let my, my vibrations be all right let my chakras be cleared out let me be in the center in the balance just you have to desire but I mean, it's such a simple thing to desire but that also we cannot our desires are something else not what we have to be just you have to desire that let me be a clean sajogi let me be a solid sajogi there are mediocres who can never be i am not talking about them but so many can be very high up can be very high up in sajogi but their desires are not yet being fully manifested that this damping effect of so many things i have told you so if supposing you have to catch the plane then you don't get down on the way somewhere and stay out in the same way when your kundalini has to rise you can see everything that's happening but keep yourself aloof because you have to reach your point and that is through this mahalakshmi principle it's a principle that is so detached it is the nourishing principle within us which nourishes our centers which nourishes our characters which nourishes our religion that is vishwa nirmala dharma it nourishes everything it nourishes our brain our intellect everything it nourishes this mahalakshmi principle above all it is the balancing it balances
if you are overdoing something, then it gives you a kind of a push. If you are not doing anything, again, it works in such a manner that it balances you. So this is the guiding factor for you, this Mahalakshmi principle. Everything you can say that is balancing the equilibrium and the wisdom as the light of Mahalakshmi principle starts, the wisdom dawns upon you. But the greatest of all is the love, love for God, love for Truth. And you thrive on that love. Just you are there. I mean, I asked him, why so many are here? They said, for the puja. Why? It's, it's a sign that you are great surgeries, that you are here because of puja, that you understand the value of puja and that you need the puja, that you enjoy because it is nourishing to you. It's a very good thing because that shows that you are very much there. You are very much understanding the importance of right things and you want to do it at any cost. All these desires are significant because they show that you are in the Mahalakshmi principle and you want to keep on that one. I would say there's a simple one that you can do, is just to be on my Kundalini, if you can. Just try to be in my Kundalini, on my Kundalini. Just put attention. You can, all of you can. Any problem, just put your attention onto my Kundalini and you'll be all right. You'll just become thoughtless because there's no thought. This is the best way to do it, is to just solve all problems by putting attention on my Kundalini and by that your ego will definitely dissolve. Because then you will know that Mother is doing everything I am doing, nothing, so why should I be proud of it? Also the conditionings will dissolve, because my Kundalini is absolutely pure. That's, it's not attached to anyone. It's not even attached to Sahaja Yoga. It's not attached to anyone. The job it has got to do is to nourish everything. If it can nourish, well and good. If it does not nourish, well and good. It depends on what do you want. You want to be nourished, all right, so the Kundalini is there, the Mahalakshmi principle is there, it will nourish you. But if you don't want, nobody is going to force you in any way. Nobody is going to jump on you or form a, some sort of a formidable uh, operation, nothing of the kind. It's just like a river Ganges, you can see, which is flowing. Now, if you want, you can fill up your pictures. If you don't want, she's not going to enter into your pictures. She's not going to come in your house and put in, get into your pictures. So there has to be a desire to get it, and that is what is called is bhakti. Bhakti is the desire, the devotion to get the joy of bhakti. It's such a beautiful thing. I wish I could do the bhakti to someone, but I can't do <laughs> Because I see you, when you are in bhakti, you just get lost into it. So much you enjoy. Such an enjoyable thing. 
then you don't think, you just enjoy the bhakti. And that's what is the most uh, coveted, highest uh, state, where you are just one with the Divine and just swimming in the ocean of joy. So this Mahalakshmi principle is to be preserved and has to be always watched and looked into. And the blessings of Mahalakshmi are so many that I tell you, I cannot even tell them in one lecture, I'll have to give at least ten lectures. But you yourself know what are the blessings of this Mahalakshmi principle. The greatest is the complete self-contentedness, absolutely self-content. You don't want to grab something, you don't want to run after something. It's just self-content. You don't want any publicity, you don't want any comfort, nothing. You are comfortable in your spirit. This is the greatest blessing of this Mahalakshmi principle. And if that is so, then why not we look after our Mahalakshmi principle and forget about the rest? Last of all, when it enters into your brain, then the virata is manifesting and you become collective, absolutely collective.